0: Some prayer. So let's take a few moments and ask God's blessing on our time. Father, thanks for this time to meet this place. We thank you, God, for opportunity to gather together to hear from one another and to hear from you. We ask God that we'd have just a, an open heart uh, toward one another and toward you tonight, that God we would receive and we would give. And that Father, this would be a time where you grow us, and you challenge us, and you mature us. God, tonight we pray for your Holy Spirit to have his way. We ask God for his anointing, and I pray that your word would be powerful in our lives, and, and that, God, we wouldn't leave here the same, but something would change. Something would be challenged. Something would be different when we walk out of here. So, God, tonight we set an expectation for you to move, for you to speak, and for us to have ears to hear. We give you thanks tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, if you need a Bible, you can grab one off the table. They're around the room here, and you can feel free to get yourself one. We also take this opportunity as a reminder, if you are not here with us physically, and would like to participate, you're listening on the podcast, then we invite you to participate through using a feature that we have called SpeakPipe. And it's a way that you can leave a message for us and or ask a question. We'll play it during our meeting, and we will attempt to answer it. Uh, you can find that at wwwspeakpipespeakpipecom slash, and it's Monday Night Bible Study, all one word. And there will be a button there to toggle, and you can leave us what would appear to be a voicemail message. And we would love to hear from you, and make sure we play your comment or your question the next time we gather. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I need a volunteer to read verse 6. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Thanks. There are a couple things that really struck me about that verse when I was reading through it, and I wrote down some notes on it. Uh, and some of them are pretty obvious. One is, don't be like other people. Don't be like the others. And then the other two things had to do with being awake, and and also being self-controlled. Those are the main points of it. I mean, it's not that long a verse, but. All of those things really stood out to me. So That's why I wrote it down. I took a note on it because I, I really felt like it said a lot in just one small area there. But it, therefore, what does the word therefore mean when you read it in the Bible? Anybody? Okay, so based on what was just said, in other words, look above what you're just reading, therefore. And so we, we get this idea that, and, and what I want you to hear from this is, uh, He's saying, Paul's saying, don't be like others, or more accurately, don't be like the rest. Don't be like the rest of the world. And what he's saying about them is that they're asleep. And, and that word asleep has meanings to it. One, a few of them mean stupid, drowsy, and slumbering. Don't be like the rest. Don't be stupid, drowsy, and slumbering. I always think of, I always think of the movie animal house when I hear eh, don't be you know fat drunk and stupid there's no way to go through life son <laughs> <laughs> Dean Warner his words of wisdom anybody ever see animal house yeah yeah indeed he <laughs> <laughs> I I think afterwards so the the Bible Paul is speaking and he's saying well don't don't be like others. Don't be like the rest of the world. And and the idea of sleeping here is, you know, what I just said, stupid, drowsy, slumbering, it has an idea of being careless uh, with our lives, the carelessness about us, as specifically in spiritual things. And I think it's easy to be careless in spiritual things because the things of the Spirit are perceived. They're perceived by our spirit. They're perceived by parts of us that if we choose not to activate and pay attention to them we can easily ignore them you think about just why how do you ignore your things of the spirit you can watch television how do you ignore things of the spirit you can do whatever you want really i mean there's many things that you can do that ignore the things of the spirit go to a movie and i'm not saying there's anything wrong watching television or going to the movie I'm just saying it's really easy to ignore things of the Spirit. It's really easy to be careless with those kind of things. To have a certain degree of apathy or indifference about it, a certain degree of laziness about it. Because anything you have to pay attention to, it's easier not to. Anything that requires your attention, it's easier just not to pay attention. And so the descriptor we're having here, well, what's the rest like? Well, He says, don't be like the rest. Well, the rest, they are careless with spiritual things. They're unaware. They're apathetic. They're indifferent. They're lazy about it. Most people don't even consider spiritual things. They don't even think about it. They don't think about the things of the spirit. They don't think about angels and demons. They don't think about anything to do with with what's happening around them spiritually. I mean, it's hard enough to get people to even pay attention to other people. Or even pay attention to their circumstances. Or even pay attention to things going on really around them. I mean, if you've driven a car any time recently, you see people like that all the time. They're driving in some kind of fog or haze or something, where they're not aware of other cars. They're not aware of stop signs. They're not aware of four-way stops. They're not aware of who got there first. They don't care. Not aware of traffic lights. Not aware of anything. And so it's not too hard to understand that people who can't pay attention to things that are physically present. And I just use the example of driving, but you can use the example of interpersonal communication or interaction with people. How people don't listen. People don't care. People don't want to hear it. People don't even see other people. They don't even recognize that they're there. And so it's not too hard for us. It's not a big leap to understand that the things of the Spirit, how much more is is that so much easier to ignore or to not consider. And so as Paul was talking to the church here, he says, well, these people are asleep. And that's how they're being described as asleep. And, And Paul's word to us and Paul's word is, don't be like them. And so as I say that, you need to understand that that's going to require effort. That it takes effort to pay attention. It takes effort to pay attention when you're driving. It takes effort to pay attention when someone's talking to you. It takes effort to pay attention to the people that are around you and what's going on around you. All of those things take effort. There has to be something fundamentally in us that that cares enough to pay attention fundamentally in us that that would take the time and make the effort to do that if we're willing someone look at it keep your finger in Thessalonians but Romans 13 Romans chapter 13 Romans 13 verses 11 and 12. Right. So you read you read something like that. And this is the only place we're going to read about slumbering and sleep. And it's not just from Paul. It's the Old Testament, teachings of Jesus, and also in the writings of Paul. But you'd be able to understand that this is a common human issue. This isn't something that just rarely happens to us, but it's easy to fall asleep spiritually. It's easy to slumber spiritually. And and so We have to be on our guard to wake up. We have to be on our guard to keep ourselves from falling asleep. We have to be watchful and we have to keep ourselves in a position where we're not going to fall asleep all the time. Because it is a human condition. Now I wonder how much of that is spiritual warfare. I wonder how much of that has to do with the designs of the enemy to keep us from being effective. I wonder how much of that has to do with him sending a slumbering spirit on the church, how much that has to do with him sending a a slumbering spirit into families and into groups of people, I wonder. Because you you think about how ineffective it is to just sleep through. How ineffective it is to not be aware of the things of the spirit that are going on around us. How ineffective it is for the kingdom to just not be aware of, of what God's doing, where he's going, and in the timing of what's happening of not taking our place in that of not taking our doing our part in the call and in the, the the ministry that's all around us how ineffective that makes us and so i have to wonder if part of this isn't regularly a an attack on us that we have a human condition yes that we have a, a way that is something that happens to people, yeah. Or it wouldn't be mentioned so many times in the Bible. But then, and it, it goes beyond even spiritual things, but then in the things of the Spirit, how much more so? Do you take a, a natural human condition? How much easier is it to tempt somebody towards something they do anyway? How much easier it is to, to entice somebody towards something that they're already doing? And so how vulnerable we are in those circumstances. And so that, that kind of puts us into that position of being really vulnerable to these kind of things. And so we have to see ourselves as a people that are making a decision not to be like the people around us. And that's kind of hard sometimes. Because we all like to be like the people around us in some ways. That's why we kind of dress the the way people dress, or we conduct ourselves the way people conduct themselves, because we don't like to stand out, most of us. Some of us do, but most of us don't. Most of us are perfectly happy blending in. Most of us are perfectly happy just getting along with the crowd. Most of us are perfectly happy in in sounding the same, or, or dressing the same, or being the same as the people around us. And yet there's a challenge here from Paul to the church, and he's saying, don't be like that. Don't be like the rest. And that's a conscious decision that we would have to make to go against what's easiest for us. It's easiest for people to just blend in. It's easiest for people to to just fit in with the people that are around them. It's much more difficult to put ourselves in a position to make that kind of a decision that we're not going to be like the rest of the people around us. The issue is, though, if the people around us are stupid, drowsy, and slumbering, do we really want to join in? I mean, do we? And, and I think, well, if you put it that way, yeah, I am putting it that way. Do we want to join in with people that are ignorant of the things of the Spirit? Do we want to join in with people that are ignorant of the things of God? Do we want to join in with people that, that are just stupid about what God is up to, drowsy or slumbering through the work of the Holy Spirit that's going on all around them? No. And so we have to make a decision that we're going to be different. We have to make a decision that we're not going to put ourselves into that place, even though it's the easiest place to be, even though it's the most convenient place to be. The path of least resistance may lead there, but it's not where we want to be. And if it's not where you want to be, you have to make a different decision and put an effort behind something else. You think about what sleep does, it binds up our senses. I mean, physical sleep, what does it do to you? You fall asleep, you're really aware about what's going on around you? Not really. Not really. Even if you're a light sleeper, if you're asleep, you're unaware. You could be unaware of your surroundings, you could be unaware of danger. You think about spiritual slumber, it darkens your mind, it stupefies your spiritual senses. I mean, all those things, that's just a part of being spiritually or physically asleep. You're just not aware of what's going on around you. Matthew 25.5 describes people that are waiting on the bridegroom. you got the wedding party waiting on the bridegroom. Somebody want to read Matthew 25.5? Yeah, they got tired of waiting. They got tired of waiting because the bridegroom was going to be there. They thought at a certain time, so they got themselves ready. They got their lamps out, and they're ready for the bridegroom, and he was delayed. They didn't come when they thought, and so they got drowsy, and they fell asleep. That's what happened. Their whole reason for being there was to be ready and waiting when the bridegroom came. That was their whole reason. They had no other function that night. They had no other reason for being there. No other reason for being dressed up. nor other reason for having their lamps. No other reason for being sitting there and waiting. Except for to be ready when the bridegroom came. But instead of being ready, they just fell asleep. Because it didn't happen in their timing and what they thought it was supposed to be. Well, our timing is not the end all of what God is doing. And we have to accept that. And if we're unwilling to accept that, then we will find ourselves ignorant of what God is doing. That's what we'll find ourselves. Because if you make your decision and you say, well, this is when it's going to happen, or this is when it needs to happen, or this is when I want it to happen, or whatever it is you're saying, and it doesn't happen then, it's pretty easy to stop paying attention and be ignorant. To be stupid, To be drowsy and to slumber. Because that's what's going to happen. How do I know that? Because that's what happens every time. Unless we've made a different decision. Unless we put ourselves into God's timing. Unless we've decided we're not going to be like everybody else. Unless there's something else going on in us that would prevent that. If we're just going to go the path of least resistance, if we're going to just go the natural way, we're just going to go the way people go, then we're all going to go to sleep. That's the way it is. But something has to be different in us. Something has to say something different in our lives if we're going to be awake, if we're not going to have our mind darkened or be stupefied in our spiritual senses. Something else needs to happen. And so as Paul was writing this, he said what needs to happen is you need to be awake. You need to be awake. As we read in Romans 13, it's like the time is now to wake up. Well, when was he writing that? Who cares? The time is now to wake up. This is the time. And so whatever the slumbering that has been going on in us, the slumbering in our spirit, the slumbering in our hearts, our minds, the slumbering in our physical bodies, whatever that is, now is the time to wake up. I mean, the Bible describes us that we are children of light, not sleep. When do you normally sleep unless you're on some kind of a weird schedule? At night, right? Unless you're on some weird schedule, you sleep at night. We're not children of darkness, we're children of light. And so, as children of light, this isn't our time to sleep. This is our time to be awake. This is our time to be aware. This is our time to be looking around and taking in what God is doing, the things of the Spirit, being used in the gifts of the Spirit, being used in the anointings that God has for us. This is our time. And so the time to wake up is now. Somebody look at Psalm 13.3. We're just rolling through the Bible with this get awake thing, all right? Psalm 13.3. I mean, anytime you see something all over the Bible, understand it's a human condition. All right, that's what it is. That's why you see it all over the Bible. Psalm 13.3. On like Alright, thank you. And so here we have a prayer. Look on me, give light to my eyes. Lest I sleep. What what does he compare sleep to there? Death. Death. You find that in the New Testament? Yeah. All right, you find that in the Old Testament, you find that in the New Testament. Sleep is compared to death. Right. All right, let's look at a few more. Matthew 25, 13. Let's go on through with the the parable. He's telling the story about the, the bridal party waiting for the groom. Matthew 25, 13. All right, what does therefore mean? Look above. above. What was happening above? You had the bridal party waiting for the groom. The groom got delayed. What'd they do? Mm -hmm. Fell asleep. What'd Jesus say? Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Therefore. Therefore. Be watchful. Therefore. Stay awake. That's what he's telling them. Where'd he say that again? Mark 14, 34. Look there. There's another time. Mark fourteen thirty four. All right. Now that was at the garden, and he was going to pray, and so he goes off and he prays, and he comes back, and what does he find? They're asleep. They're asleep. They're asleep. And he had a question for him couldn't you, couldn't you tarry one hour? The answer was, no, they couldn't. Because they fell asleep, they slumbered. So, how good do you think they were doing in supporting him as he's making a decision to, to go to the cross? You think they're doing him any good there? No, they're sleeping. They're supposed to be praying. How effective do you think their prayers were while they were sleeping? 0 0 All right so here you have a, an example of this how you got Jesus you got the disciples and again this is a human condition I'm not I'm not trying to nobody should feel badly about this if if you sleep and you slumber and all the rest of that you shouldn't feel badly about it at all it's not an excuse to do it it's just a human condition the the point I'm trying to make is you have to make a decision to do something else It just doesn't naturally happen. If all you're going to do is coast through, you're going to go sleep. You're going to be slumbering. If all you're going to do is be like everybody else, you're going to slumber. If you're just going to keep doing what you were doing, you're going to slumber. The path of least resistance leads you right into the sack, right into uh, just sleeping. That's what happens. Spiritually, physically, whatever that is, it leads you to that place of slumber. We have to make another decision, as children of light. To be wakeful. That was a word I read being used for this. Contrary to sleep. In other words, our senses are aware of what's going on around us. Our soul is watching. You think about, what what were the, the bridal party? They were waiting for the groom And in that parable, who's the groom? Jesus is. So so they're waiting for him, and they're waiting to hear from him, and they're waiting to, to greet him. And the idea behind that is that he calls us to be awake. He calls us to be wakeful and to watch, to be contrary to sleep. In other words, we have to fight against it. We have to make a decision against it. We have to decide something else, to do something else in our lives. Because it won't just happen on its own. And so if I want to be aware of what's going around me spiritually, I have to make a decision for that, and I have to fight against sleep in my life. I have to fight against slumber. I have to fight against this whole idea of of being asleep spiritually, if I'm going to see it. If I'm going to know angels coming and going and I'm going to understand the things of the Spirit and I'm going to see God moving in the things of the Spirit and I'm going to understand how demons are going and angels are coming and all the rest of those kind of things and I'm going to look on somebody I'm going to see they have familiar spirits I'm going to understand they're possessed of devils or whatever it is that's going to happen in my life. I am going to have to be awake in order to see that and to know it, to perceive it, and to do something about it. So we have to fight against our nature in order to do that. Our nature is to slumber. Our nature is to sleep. And we have to fight that in order to do and to see something else. I believe that there's supernatural manifestations that God wants to do in our midst in this building. I believe that. I believe there's supernatural manifestations God wants to show show and pour out on us. We need to wake up though. We need to wake up. I need to wake up. Each of us needs to wake up. Because sometimes I use the word we, and you think somebody else. Okay, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me, okay? That we individually have to wake up if we're going to see all these things together. And so the call goes out to wake up. The call goes out to come up out of the slumber. The call goes out to be awake and aware and to, and to begin to see things for as they are. You know, I, I, several times when I've been up here, I've had my head covered. And, and usually this happens during if we do uh, prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. And it's a real time of focus, and I feel like during those times I'm super awake. And, and I'll be praying up here, and, and really super bright light will pass right in front of me when I'm just laying on the floor. It's like I can see through my eyes, my eyelids. It's so bright, and the red that's in my eyelids as the, as the light passes by, it's like literal light that passes by me. And that's happened several times. I see it. I know it. And that's just one manifestation. There's more. I know there's more. But it's in those moments I'm going to see that. It's in those moments I'm going to share in that. And I'm going to know it. And it's in those moments that as we are awake, we can share in those times together. That maybe there will be those things that will be just for me. But I really believe there's things that are for us. And that God wants to activate our faith in that. As we're awake and as we're aware and as we're participating in the things of the Spirit, we're going to see the things of the Spirit. I believe that. I believe the manifestations I've seen of angels other people can see too and have seen. They might not have been aware of it, but they saw it. And I believe we all can share in those things together. We have to wake up. And that was the call of Paul to the Roman Church. Wake up! Now's the day. Today's the day. Wake up! Do it. And then, and you know I hate waking up when I'm like physically when I'm asleep. I try not to nap because I hate waking up. I mean I like the nap. I hate to wake up because there'll be days where I'll fall asleep on the couch and like on a Saturday or something. I'll be tired. And I'll fall asleep. And but waking up is so hard. Or if at night I fall asleep on the couch, waking up to walk upstairs to go to bed is really hard for me. I mean, I feel like I, I just stagger. I run into walls and stuff. But I mean, it's really bad. I can't stand it. And so I, I think there's some kind of parallel with that with me. I can only speak for me, but when I'm waking up spiritually, it's like I stagger around for a little while. It's all right. I know i got to be awake. I know I've got to get up. I know I've got to make that decision. I know I need to be more aware. And if I stagger around a little bit and I, and it's hard and I have to shake my head a couple of times, then so be it. So be it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I, I can't describe it any other way except for whatever effort it takes and whatever it's going to take for us to wake up, whatever it's going to take for us to get up and to get out of that slumber, it's worth it. It needs to happen. Last thing he talks about here, he talks about being self controlled. And and here's something that, that I think is kind of kind of interesting to me. Because as we're looking for Jesus, as we are are becoming awake and aware and, and and more alert to the things that are around us, well, there's things that are going to interest us spiritually. Did you know that? Because there's really interesting stuff that's in the spirit. And if you've never been awake to it, if you've never been aware of it, when you see that and you begin to to participate in the things of the Spirit, there's really interesting things there. And as our interest is, is held, and as we begin to take more and more interest in the things of the Spirit, it's easier to stay awake. Let it happen. Let it happen. Because that which is our duty, which it is, to be aware of what's going on around us, just like it's your duty to be aware of the other cars on the road when you're driving. You understand that? It's your duty to be aware of the spiritual stuff going on around you at your job. It's your duty to be aware of the spiritual stuff going around you in your family. It's your duty to be aware of the spiritual stuff that's going around you here in church. Or at your kinship, or a Bible study, or wherever it is. That is your duty. But more than your duty, I think it could be of really super exciting interest to you too. If you can see it. Because I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting. Because the things I've seen have held my interest for a really long time. I used to have an angel that would come to me and teach me at night right before I'd go to sleep. And I would stay awake just to learn. Even if I was dead tired or I I knew I needed to sleep because I'd be up early in the morning, I would still stay awake because I was so interested in what I was learning. And I wanted to be there. And so I was. I could have easily said, well, I'm tired. I just go to sleep. Well, I was tired, but I was more interested in what God was doing. I was more interested in what that angel had to say. I was more interested in what I was learning and growing in than I was in sleeping. Because there is a certain degree of interest about it. And so being self-controlled describes for us a, a state of mind where we're just not careless. Remember I started with that? I started with that, that whole idea of being careless, where we we put ourselves in a position where we're not going to be careless about our soul anymore. We're not going to be careless about our lives anymore, about our faith, about our our body, our soul, or our spirit. We're not going to be careless. We're going to be mindful. And really, self-control has to do with being mindful. It has to do with being mindful of who we are, mindful of where we're at, mindful of our limitations, mindful of of protecting our hearts and our spirits and our souls, and of feeding our spirits and our souls, and and of putting ourselves in a position of growing our spirits and our souls, and keeping ourselves away from things that hurt us. That has to do with self-control. And if you go into if you go into life thinking, well, I'm just gonna do what I want to do, you're gonna destroy your life. That's how you destroy your life. And there are just some times where you destroy stuff that doesn't come back. And I hope you understand that. And people don't want to hear that, people don't want to know that, oh, God can redeem anything. He can. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. He can. But there are decisions that we make when we're careless. Decisions when we, that we make when, when we don't have any self-control. We're just going to do what we want. There are certain things that change that don't come back. Can you give an, an easy example. Girl goes out, decides she wants to do whatever she wants to do, ends up pregnant. Then you have a child. What comes back? Not being childless. Right? There's decisions that we make that will affect things, and that's all there is to it. And I know I picked on girls right then, but, I mean, there's decisions guys make. I mean, you know you go out and you decide, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and you get your motorcycle up to, the, to 130 miles an hour, and that thing slides out on you, there's going to be certain things about you that are never going to be the same. There's not. I mean, I'm a good example of not that, exactly, but I've got scars on my face. My face will never look the same as it did. I have broken teeth. I can't even bite down the same way I used to bite down because of decisions I made. And those were my decisions. And so God calls us into a place of self-control. He calls us into a place where we're not going to be careless with our soul and with our spirit and with our body. Because one of the greatest lies of the enemy is I just do what I want. And you put yourself right into bondage by doing that. That is bondage. And even though it looks like it, it's, it's, oh no, that's freedom. That's not freedom. Doing whatever you want is not freedom. It's just not and it leads to bondage in our lives. The only thing I know, and, and I've got to pull on a little bit of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but the only thing I know that leads to freedom in our life is discipline. That's all I know. Obedience. And there's true freedom in that. So, what Paul calls them to is a place of self control look at Galatians 5.23. You know, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. You knew that, right? Yeah. Okay. Galatians 5.23. No, no, only one at a time, please, All right, for reading that. Thank you. 23. Gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. All right. Thanks. That's the list of the fruit of the Spirit. I just picked out the one that had self-control in it. Yeah. So that it's part of what God develops in us and part of what God puts in us by His Spirit. That as the spirit, his spirit is living in us, then fruit begins to come forth in our life, and part of that fruit of the living spirit in us is self-control. That's that's one of the things that happens. Hey, somebody else, look at Second Peter one six. Second Peter one six. And as you read that whole list, what you begin to see is you begin to see all of these traits, all these characteristics building on each other in grace. And so, as a work of grace, self control is also a work of grace. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit, but it's also a work of grace in our lives. And so there's two examples, two places where we're we're taught, and in fact, by two different apostles that self-control is a part of the work of what the Holy Spirit is doing in us, what the work of grace is in our lives. So being sober-minded, being watchful, being circumspect in our life. And so the picture here, there's a word picture. Now, I told you that a lot of times Bible words, they, they create pictures, a very picture language that we have in the Scriptures. And so the picture that you have here is not eating too much and not drinking too much. The word self-control is a picture of, of having control at the buffet. All right? And I'm not saying literally. I'm just saying that's the picture it gives. That we're not, we're not in, just taking in, in, in gluttony Just eating, 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 and eating, and drinking, and drinking, and drinking. And the idea behind it is that we are able to control our impulses and able to not indulge ourselves. And that is freedom. When you can look at a bag of chips and say, No, I'm not going to eat that because I don't want it. I don't need it. No. And you walk away, there's freedom in that. There's a lot more freedom in that than grabbing that bag. I do what I want and opening it up and eating a bag of chips and then feeling like crap the rest of the night. That isn't freedom. And I don't know how, and I hope, because this is so counter-culture. This is so counter to our culture. I want you to understand that. But that is grabbing that bag and just downing it because you can't help it, that's bondage. That's not freedom. That's bondage. Even though the whole world's saying, "Oh, that's your freedom. That's your right. Eat that bag of chips," even though you feel like crap afterwards. Yeah, YOLO. <laughs> yeah, I want to live a little bit longer, though. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice some self-control. And I'm going to live free of that. I'm going to to be able to pass the delicious desserts over here. And I'm going to be able to walk right by that. I don't have to stop and eat that. I don't have to grab that out of the cabinet and eat it. I don't have to drink that. I don't have to do anything. That's freedom. And I can make a decision not to do it. And I can make a decision not to indulge myself. And whatever it is you want to put into that. It could be a food, it could be a drink, it could be some other kind of action, it could be a video game, it could be whatever it is. I don't have to do that. I am free. And make a different decision. God wants us free. And the only way we're going to be free, the only way we're going to be free is if we practice self-control. If we practice self-discipline and we say no when we need to say no. And we say yes when we need to say yes. And we live in a freedom in our lives. That's the only way. I like Choco Tacos. <laughs> I, I, I don't like much ice cream. I don't really like a lot of sweets. It's not something that I, I didn't even grow up eating much of that at all. And so I don't have a real taste for it. But I like Choco Tacos. I like the way they look. I like the way they crunch. I like them. I like them. All right? And I have an inside connection for Chaco Tacos where I can get them directly from the freezer when they come in fresh off the truck in a cooler right to my house when I need one. Yeah. 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 So, but... But I don't have Choco Tacos every day, all right? And if the day comes and I don't need a Choco Taco, I'm not going to eat a Choco Taco. And, and when the Choco Taco arrives in the cooler to my house and is, and is transferred into my freezer from the cooler just so there's no melting, I still wait. I'm going to wait for that. I'm waiting for that Choco Taco. I might even wait a day to eat that Choco Taco. Because you know what? I'm in charge of that Choco Taco. I like it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm master of that Choco Taco. And I'm going to eat that on my schedule. Now, I know that's kind of ridiculous, but what I'm trying to get at is that if you want to live free, you're going to have to live free. All right? And that's free of all these kind of things that we face in our lives. You know, some of us it's food, some of us it's drink, some of us it's uh, whatever it is. I mean, you talk to an alcoholic, and when they were just doing what they wanted, drinking, were they in bondage or were they free? But when they stopped and they made that decision, they live in a a different kind of self-discipline, that's where freedom is. That's where freedom is. A gambler... Just wanting to go do whatever he wants to do, gambles away, gambles away the, the family car, gambles away the family house. Bondage. You know, do what I want to do. Yeah, bondage. And you're dragging everybody else into your bondage. Self-discipline, saying no, live free. All right? Now, I, I just chose two extreme examples of, of what we would call addiction. Alright? But I want you to think about how that applies into your life. And maybe you wouldn't call it an addiction or maybe you would, I don't know, but man, there's a path of destruction and there's a path of bondage to things in our life like that. It just is. And we need to get free. Yeah, there's a there's a guy in, in Senegal who who he, he would eat peanuts every night. Now this is something simple, right? Peanuts? And one night I was over at his house, I said, where's your peanuts? He's like, I, I'm not eating them. I'm like, why not? He's like, I, I think I'm addicted to them. Peanuts. And so his decision was not to eat them. Right. Because he wanted to be free. I can respect that. Even with peanuts. And so it doesn't matter what the thing is, does it? It could be peanuts. It could be gambling it could be alcohol it could be drugs of some kind it could be video games it could be a choco taco i don't know what it is we, we god has freedom for us yeah oh, absolutely absolutely i used to be semi-addicted to ernest angley and it was before i was a christian it was before I was a Christian. But I would not miss one of that guy's shows because he would come on Sunday nights. Yeah. He'd be on. And I'd watch him every Sunday night. I wasn't even a Christian. But I watched Ernest Angley more and more faithfully than I did other shows on television because I was so thoroughly entertained by that guy. I mean, seriously entertained by that guy. Didn't he use the the head? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He I think it was four syllables. Si- healed. Four <laughs> syllables, I think. Yeah. Love that guy. Short round guy, too, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. He had a nice toupee, though, Dave. You don't need that. Uh, so... It was just a style back then. I didn't have anything to do with it. So so the idea is we got to get free. All right? So how does this all work together? Because really, we're, we're looking at... Because what happens when you eat too much? What's that? You get fat, right? What's the more immediate thing that happens? You eat too much. What happens on Thanksgiving after the meal to most people? It makes you... It makes you dull and sleepy. and sleepy. Sleepy. Yeah. After the, after the potluck on Sunday, I walked right over there, laid down in chairs, and fell asleep until worship practice. Dull and sleepy. That was me. But that's what happens to us as we indulge ourselves. That's where that word is. We stuff ourselves. We indulge ourselves. It makes us dull and sleepy. Well, where do we start? Where do we start? We started with, don't do that. That's where we started. And so how does this all play together? Well, it all plays together is that that Paul gives them instruction first. What he says is, here's what you don't want to do. He says, you need to not be like these other people. You need to wake up. And you need to stay awake. And so that was the instruction he gave. And so we went down through all of that. And we're looking at, okay, all right, so I got the instruction. Don't be like, I need to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision, a hard decision. I'm not going to be like the rest of these people around me. I am not going to live asleep. I am not going to live dull of mind and dull of heart and dull of spirit. But I am going to make a different decision, a hard decision, not to just go with the flow, but to really stand up and to really do something differently. That's, that's my decision. So I'm going to make a hard decision. And that's what he said. you got to make a hard decision. So I'll make that decision. I want to know what's going on. I want to be aware. And people are going to think I'm weird. And people aren't going to like me. And people are going to think I'm different. And people are going to think whatever they want to think about me. But I'm going to be aware of things going on around me. And I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to do it. And so we make that kind of a decision. Say, okay, we're going to be awake. We're going to, we're going to really fight against the human condition of sleepy. We're going to fight against the human condition of slumber. We're going to fight against the human condition of just not being aware of what's going on around us. Of being so self-absorbed and selfish that all we can see are ourselves. We're going to fight it. We're going to make a decision and we're going to fight it. And we're going to keep our hearts, our minds Our eyes and our ears open to what God's going to do. That's what we're going to do. So then what does he do? He says, okay, so that's your instruction. Well, how do you do it? How do you do it? Self-control. That's how it's going to happen. Because self-control is going to keep you from overindulging and getting dull and sleepy. Get it? You get it? Okay, we got the instruction, and now we have the how-to. How are you going to do it? Through self-control. You're going to make that kind of a decision. And you're going to live freely. Because that's how God intends you to live. Because you see, if we could just get there, there's interesting stuff there. If we could just get into the things of the Spirit, there's things that will keep your attention. There's things that will keep you interested in what's going on around you spiritually. Things that are interesting enough that you're able to stay awake and able to fight against the slumbering spirit understand the whole human race is under that slumbering spirit think about the matrix you remember that movie you think about that how people are just happy to be asleep i'm happy to be asleep that guy cypher sold out all his friends why so he could go back to sleep and dream of something he wanted to be instead of living in reality right yeah yeah, no, there's, there's enough interesting things in God's supernatural reality to keep us awake. That we won't even want to go back to sleep. But we've got to get there. And if we're going to get there, then we've got to have a plan in place. And the plan is, yeah, make your decisions. Yeah, do what you need to do to get out of whatever the rut you're in. Yeah, how are you going to maintain that? Self-discipline. Yeah. And so I, I want to call us there. All of us. I really do. I want to call us to that place that is awake. Just like Paul, you know, he's writing in the scriptures like today is the day to wake up. Well, today is the day to wake up. <laughs> what better day is there to wake up than today? What are you going to say, tomorrow? Huh? I'll sleep in until tomorrow? No, today is the day to wake up. That's what it is. And so so that's the call to us. Is today's the day to wake up? So would you pray with me? Let's just take a few moments. Father, I pray that you would shake us awake. That God, whatever needs to happen right here and right now, that we would find ourselves just waking up out of whatever slumber we've been in. Waking up to the things of the Spirit. Waking up to the things that feed our soul. Waking up to to really just find ourselves in your presence and in your reality and in the things of the Spirit. God, I pray that And I call to to life and I call to consciousness people's spirits in the name of Jesus to come forth and to come alive in Jesus' name. That today is the day to wake up. Today's the day to get up. Today's the day to leave behind the slumber and the sleep and to wake on up in Jesus' name. I rebuke the slumbering spirit that's over the church. I rebuke the slumbering spirit that's over families, the slumbering spirit that's over individuals. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, and I speak of freedom in Jesus' name. A freedom to be aware, a freedom to be awake, a freedom, God, to to be eyes wide open to what you're doing and the way that you're doing it, eyes wide open to the things of the Spirit, angels and demons, and, and, and God, the moving of your Holy Spirit in our midst, eyes wide open to your manifestations right in our midst. God, I pray each of us, each of us would find a place of being awake. Each of us would find a place of being aware in Jesus' name. No matter how hard it is to shake ourselves awake, no matter how hard it is to pull ourselves out of that slumber, God, ultimately worth it. Ultimately, God, worth it in interest and in duty and in what you've called us to be and who you've called us to be, God. Eyes wide open, Lord. Eyes wide open in Jesus' name. God, I pray for each of us that as as we look at our lives, I pray for a freedom and a liberty over our lives. And I ask you, God, that you would raise up in us a self-discipline, that you would raise up in us a self-awareness, you'd raise up in us, Lord God, just a desire A desire to live freely, and I mean truly freely, not in the lies of this world, not in the lies of what popular culture tells us, not in the lies of what even our mom or our dad told us, but in the truth of what it is to really be free. And we leave behind those lies, and we cast those lies down for what they are, something we don't want. They are trash. They are not true, and they only lead us into more bondage. And we say no. We say no in the name of Jesus. So God, I pray within our hearts within our minds, self-discipline will begin to rise up. I pray within our hearts and within our minds, there would be a new awareness of self, a new awareness of what makes us free, a new awareness of what it is to live freely in Jesus. So, God, we we don't want to be in bondage to anything. We don't want to find ourselves underneath anything. We don't want to find ourselves that are hooked into whatever it is we'd be hooked into or chained on to whatever ball we'd be chained on to. But, God, we speak of freedom. We speak of liberty, God, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we, we ask you tonight, awake. We ask you, God, tonight, Aware. This is the day to wake up. This is the day for the slumber to end. This is the day to be fully, ultimately awaken you. Jesus, more of your spirit. Jesus, more of your reality, more of your revelation, more God, more. Let's pray that you just send it our way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you God. Sure, mm. Thank you, God. 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 Thanks, you, Lord, Thanks, Lord, Let's Lord, uh, Let's Lord, bless Lord, bless Lord, Right, when we see each other, let's just remind each other to be awake, to be aware. And, and uh, I just want to encourage you just to have at least the guts to do that. Just to speak into one another's lives and just say, hey, just a friendly reminder, stay awake. Stay awake. Don't fall back into that slumber. Don't fall back into that place of sleep. But stay awake. Stay aware. Be aware. And, uh, and, and just really... It, just care enough about each other to at least do that. Because it's such a human condition. We may need a reminder here or there, right? Right? I mean, I can use a reminder every now and then. Just just remind each other. Fully awake, man. Fully awake. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's agree by saying amen. amen. Amen.